When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special War Chant TV presentation, a live interactive chat with the chairman of the Florida State University Board of Trustees, Peter Collins. Tonight's program is going to run in two parts. First, a Q&A headed by our managing editor, Iris Schofel, who you can see at the top of the screen, followed by an interactive chat in which Chairman Collins answers questions that you may have in our War Chant TV community. So I know you're typing away right now in the chat, and you're all dying to ask Peter about how soon Florida State can extend its grant of rights through 2050 with the current conference that they're in. <laughs> but I promise we'll get there soon enough. Feel free to drop those questions in, and we'll start siphoning through those. But for now, my name is Tom Lang. I'm your host who's serving more as a moderator. I'm going to turn the floor over to Ira Schofel to officially welcome in the man of the hour, the chairman of the board, Peter Collins. Ira? Yeah, and thanks for joining us, Peter. We uh, When we started talking about doing this a few, I guess, man, we've been talking off and on a, for a couple of months about doing this, and we finally set this date. And, uh, you know, there's been some reports out there recently that probably a lot of people are going to want you to talk about. But uh, we're going to also talk about some big-picture topics, uh, your tenure as Board of Trustees Chair. And uh, this is, um, you know, kind of a, a great experience for the fans to kind of hear directly from you, who runs the, you know, you're the president or C- C- president of the Board of Trustees and also uh, – you know, kind of help direct the athletics the program along with Mike Lawford and, and the staff. So thanks for joining us, Peter. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, it's good to see you again, Ira and Tom. And I remember, uh, you know, our signing off last time. Uh, you asked me if I would do this again. And I said, uh, maybe we'll do it when uh, after Coach Norville wins eight or nine games. And uh, so he won 10. So I had, I, I had to we, come back. We held you to it. We held you to it. So you – so you became um, you joined the uh, well, you've been part of the Board of Trustees for for longer, but you became the chair of the Board of Trustees uh, almost two years ago, a year and a half to close to two years ago. You recently re-upped for another two year term. The board had to uh, nominate you and, and elect you as board chair for another two year term. Did you have any idea what you were getting into when you agreed to be chairman of the board the first time? I had uh, I had a lot more hair back then. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, you know, I had been on the uh, board of the FSU Foundation for nine years. I had chaired the endowment for a few years. I had been on the board of the uh, business school for a few years. And I certainly felt like I knew FSU and I, I, I felt like and I knew a lot of the board of trustees members and saw the interaction between the board of trustees and the rest of the university. So I I, I knew what being a trustee entailed. I did not know what being chairman of the board entailed um, or the time that it would take. And, um, you know, like my predecessor before me and probably a few more before him, um, you know, everybody brings something different and everybody has a different approach uh, and everybody has a different idea of what the role should be. Uh, And I, I don't know that I'm more active. I don't, but I spend a lot of time on it. Um, it's uh, much to the chagrin of some of my uh, people here at the office. Uh, I spend a lot of time on it. and uh, But at the same time, I'm an alum, and I, it's a passion. And, um, 
you want to be able to make an impact and you want to be able to uh, do what you think is is right for the for the university. And uh, being in this position is is probably um, outside of being the president or the athletic director or, 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 or maybe a couple other positions is probably the most impactful position that you can have. And so um, it's meaningful. And I care about the university deeply. Um, I have a passion for it. And so um, it's a lot of work, but it's a labor of love at the same time. So you and I think when we spoke the last time, you talked about how, you know, before you kind of started taking these leadership roles, you know, you're an alum. You've got multiple degrees from the university, a uh, huge passionate fan. You were there in the early 90s when the program was really kind of ascending. Um, but you know, you were like a lot of fans, like you had your opinions and sometimes strong opinions about what might be happening or what should be happening, but you didn't necessarily always have the information available. Now that you're in the seat you're in and you have that information, like how different um, is it? And like, how do you handle when you get comments and calls from friends and, uh, you know, people giving you advice on what you should be doing when they don't have all the information? Like how, how different is that perspective and, and how do you handle that? Um. First of all, you got to understand that it all, everybody that calls or emails or texts me or uh, writes, I get letters. Uh, you know, it's 2023. I still get letters. <laughs> um, it comes from a place of passion and I appreciate that. If they didn't care, they wouldn't be reaching out. Um, not everybody's calling to complain. Not everybody's, you know, got an axe to grind. Some people just, um, they're frustrated about particular things uh you know the hardest the hardest thing i get is from friends of mine or um acquaintances of mine that uh, want to get their child into fsu <laughs> and uh it's a lot different than when i went to fsu and and um you know sometimes i have to deliver bad news and everybody thinks that i you know i'm i got the magic touch or the you know a, a, a magic bullet and i don't um you know, the first two questions that I ask people are, you know, what's their GPA and what's their SAT or ACT score? Um, so I, I understand uh, everybody's passion. I understand the criticism. I understand um, frustration. As I said last time, I, I go through all those myself on a daily basis. Uh, frustration, exhilaration, um, uh, depression, um, uh, you know, excitement, et cetera. And so I, it, I don't mind it a bit. And, uh, every occasionally you get a few people that are just a little unruly. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a small, small percentage. So again, like going back to when we spoke, um, over a year ago, around a year ago, you talked about the commitment that Florida state was going to make to athletics, uh, the financial commitment. And you guys have, Put your money where your mouth was. I mean, that you guys have expanded the staff. You've given raises and extensions to, you know, rewarded the success. Football team had that 10 win season last year. You guys have invested in other athletic programs as well. Um, when you look back at these first year and a half to two years and looking ahead, like what, what are you proud of that you guys have done as administration to support, you know, primarily the football program, but athletics in general? Um, you know, it's a good question. And I think, um, as I said before, all of us have a passion for excellence. The president has an incredible passion for excellence. So does Michael Alford. Um, 
all of our coaches have a passion for the university, have a passion for excellence. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to, it's difficult to weigh resources, um, at the university. We have 20 sports at the university. And at any given time, somebody's thinking we're not devoting enough time or resources to a particular sport. And, but at the end of the day, um, there's a couple of sports that drive revenue and drive profitability that make us, uh, that give us the ability to do, uh, the other sports. And it's, imp so it's imperative, uh, important and imperative that we invest in those sports. And football, uh, was one of those sports where, uh, we were really good for a long, long time and we lost our way a little bit. And, um, some of your, uh, members might say we lost our way a lot of bit, uh, but we lost our way a little bit and it was important to us coming, um, out of COVID and with a new coach, uh, new president, new athletic director. Uh, there was a lot of alignment on, on the thought that we had to invest in, in, in some of these sports in a, in a much bigger way. And I think you're showing, you're seeing that, that that's showing dividends. Uh, and it's, it's sort of like what's wrong with, uh, you know, some of the conferences today, it's just, it, it's, it takes a lot of resources and Florida state does a really good job of raising money, um, outside of, let's say the TV contracts. I mean, if you take our budget outside of, uh, you take the TV contracts out of it and you put us say in the big 10, I mean, we're probably, I think we're fourth, uh, in the amount of money that we generate in the athletic department. Same thing in the SEC. A lot of people don't realize that, um, but we raise a lot of money, uh, but it takes a lot of money and it, it takes a commitment uh, to somehow to, to sometimes thinking, well, um, we've got to we've got to do this and we'll be successful. Not like, well, we have to get successful and then we can do this. And so I think that that's really where the alignment is with the president and the athletic director and, and the board of trustees that we feel like that if we make the investment, uh, it, it will, it, it will happen. And, um, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, and different people bring different things, uh, to the table in that respect. And so, um, we're certainly, uh, as I told you before, and, and you just asked, We've spent, we've, we've devoted a lot of resources, uh, not only to on the, in the football program, but in other programs, uh, but in the football program specifically, I mean, we've devoted a lot of resources and when we've taken our budget, uh, I think we're top 15 now, maybe, maybe 12, 13, uh, in the country on what we're spending. And, um, we weren't there before and we are there now. Talking about the, the passion that, uh, the passion for excellence from you and, and Michael Alford and the, the trustees and the whole athletics department and university. Um, that was evident uh, at the board of trustees meeting in February where, uh, you and some of the uh, other trustees discussed, uh, the future of Florida state and, and how it aligns with the ACC. Um, obviously Michael Alford made more comments and there was the spring meetings in May, which were 
by all accounts, pretty contentious uh, at the beginning. And then they came out, as the reports came out, that several of the schools are having discussions about the future of the ACC. And then coming out of the meeting, everybody was kind of trying to hold hands. And, and Jim Phillips, the commissioner, made some comments last week about uh, things being in a better place now. Uh, you know, as you look out for Florida State, and I think I quoted you in an article a few months ago saying that your, uh, your task is to look out for Florida State and not anybody else is how does that align with the ACC's possibilities? Because I, you know, look, it's the reality is, you know, the ACC has got a tough situation. They've got this grant of rights till 2036. Uh, they don't make anywhere near as much money as some of these other conferences are going to make. So how do those things align? And, and, and I know they've talked about the uneven revenue sharing and things like that, but, but, but how, how can, can those two things align? Well, um, it's a good question. You know, there's a there's a gap is an understatement, right? May, uh, between some of the conferences and say the Big Ten or the uh, SEC, and the question is, is that insurmount insurmountable? Uh, and what does insurmountable mean? Uh, and I think today, uh, when you think about what we're going to where we're going to be next year with the SEC and, and the Big Ten relative to what we make. Like I said, if you took our non-conference or non, take the TV revenue out of it, uh, you know, we're fourth, I think, in both conferences and an amount of revenue that we generate. But once you throw the TV contract in, um, that, that gap is, is massive. And, uh, when the gap gets that large, uh, you know, is it insurmountable? And, uh, I think I said at our com, uh, at our meeting in, um, February that, you know, it's almost impossible to make up that gap. And I think AD Alford said it's impossible. <laughs> and, uh, he's not wrong, uh, into, you know, our boosters are doing an unbelievable job. Um, our, everybody's doing a great job of fundraising at the university. And, um, but, we're going to be $30 million, $35, $40 million behind um, the other conferences. And so uh, that's an insurmountable gap that you have to do something about. And um, I'm not, I'm not breaking any news there. I don't think. Uh, And, and look, I, everybody in the ACC is in the same situation. It's not just Florida state. It just happens to be that, you know, our, if you put our budget in the uh, in the ACC, uh, I, I think Virginia topped us in 2022 by maybe a hundred thousand dollars. Right, and uh, I think it may be it may have been an accounting thing also. Like I, well, I, you know, who knows? They might have right, raised right, right. a bunch of money for some particular right. project. Um, but when when you have the budget we do, and then you have the TV revenue uh, being it's probably the smallest percent, smallest percentage on a relative basis of the other schools in the conference. It's a smaller, smaller percentage, uh, a smallest percentage of our overall budget. Um, you know, there's different, um, what do I want to say? There's different, um, motivations for some of the other schools. Right. You know, if a school has a $60 million athletic budget and they're getting $42 million from the ACC, you know, maybe that's not that bad, but if you've got a $120 million budget and you've got, you're getting $42 million in the ACC, it's a totally different story. So 
you know, one of the things that Michael Offer brought up at the at spring meetings and, and, and where I do think that there was some consensus to some degree was they did uh, compromise the idea of re- uneven revenue sharing. Uh, but on the, on the success on the field side, they're calling it the success initiative, I guess. And so if you, if a team or a school wins a football national championships or, or goes to the playoff or wins the ACC, things like that, there might be a higher payoff. One of the things that you guys, when I say you guys, Florida State has been really beating the drum on is that, you know, the, the television contract shouldn't necessarily be based on success. It should be more based on eyeballs and ratings. And you guys have, put together plenty of research about how Florida state draws compared to other schools. And, and I made a, the, the analogy I made in a column I wrote was that, you know, the rock may not be the best actor in a movie uh, every year, but he gets paid the most because he brings people to the theater. And I, I feel like that's the argument Florida state would make. I don't know that anybody else in the conference is going to agree to that. And so as you guys have tried to make that case, um, do you feel like are you guys speaking different languages? Is there any future for anything uh, in that in that realm? So I, I don't know that we're speaking different languages, um, but as I said, um, you know, different schools have different motivations. Um, just like I care more about Florida State, other schools, you know, care about themselves. Uh, but I would say that um, you have to you have to you have to include a lot of factors in when you start talking about unequal revenue distribution. And it's a hard topic, right, for schools, because, you know, we've we've operated this way for a long, long time. And we're really being forced into this position because, you know, we're talking about this insurmountable gap because this gap has grown. Um, And nobody I don't think anybody really saw it coming. maybe four or five years ago, you just didn't see it coming. And then um, when the Big Ten went out and did their job, a deal and the SEC went out and did their deal, it suddenly overnight, you're just like, wow, that's that's incredible. And so uh, then the other schools, when you go to the other schools and you say, look, um, you know, we're spending X, you're spending Y, um, and we're competing at this level uh, and you're not it becomes, you know, it's a touchy subject, right? Right. And A, sometimes people don't want to admit that they're not really investing in, in, in football or, or the sports that really drive the revenue. Um, But at the same time, they're like, Hey, you know, all for one and one for all. And, you know, we've got this collegial body, which we love and appreciate, but, uh, in today's uh, market, and especially when it comes to the revenue-producing sports, it's it, it, you know, it's that's too simplistic a view. And so, um, I think the uneven, rev- unequal revenue distribution model—it's um, not going to get us there. It's just really not going to get us there. Uh, if you Let's say that the unequal revenue distribution model is it gives Florida State, let's say, six million dollars more a year. Okay. well, now we're not losing thirty five. We're losing twenty nine million dollars a year to our competitors. Did it is that that's still you could argue that's still insurmountable. And so um, I don't think that under the current 
way that people are looking at it that we're going to be close the gap with an unequal revenue distribution. Peter, I've got a question for you, if I may, uh, just following up on that. The insurmountability of the gap or the impossibility of the gap, however you want to phrase it, be it like in the board meeting or, or subsequent conversations. In terms of the runway before that gap becomes too, it becomes too little too late to act. I, I don't know if you want to put a ballpark figure on it. I'm sure this is something that you discuss all the time. But when is it too little too late for Florida State to act relative to now? in terms of trying to make that gap as small as possible or to just catch up to the competition outright? I'll, I'll answer that this way. I'll say that, um, you know, there, that's a good question because it's, uh, we talk about that and I don't know, you know, to some people it's five years, to some people it's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so, uh, you know, there's a difference of opinion there uh, when you get enough people involved in, in those opinions. And uh, I don't know what that answer is. I really don't. Uh, and I think it's made more difficult by NIL. NIL is really um, driving some of this, too. Um, there's so many changes, right? Uh, a, you've got the conference revenue distribution or the conference revenues. But then on top of that, you have uh, NIL. And I think we've done an amazing job at Florida State uh, on the NIL front. But again, when other schools are getting 30 or 40 million dollars more than we are, uh, and you know, how many years can you go before that before that difference starts showing up on the field? I don't, I don't know the specific answer, Tom. Um, but it it's not till 2036. When, when we we talked about the reports that are out there, there's so many reports out there, and what what qualifies as a report anymore is anybody's guess. I mean, anybody that can log into Twitter can can make a report. I see him too. I see it on my you know I see it on my Twitter feed. I'm like, wow, is that real? It's like I don't know, you know. Well, that's the, and that's kind of what get this stuff. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about is like, you know, there's been reports that. You know, Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 to go back to the Big 12. And like the day before, the Colorado president is, you know, apparently or they're, you know, they're endorsing that they're they're good where they're at. And then a day later, they're gone. And and you see you hear rumors and see reports. And how do you how, I know you and Michael Offord and your staff have to be observing and paying attention to what's going on out there. How difficult is that knowing whether or not people are telling you the truth? And then whether or not what's out there is the truth, because because it's all interrelated. I mean, what's happening with all these schools and all these conferences is somewhat related. How, how do you guys juggle that? Well, first of all, you can't trust anything you see on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that I know for sure. Um, I believe about, I hate to say this, but maybe 15% of what I see on WarChan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I you know it's all noise. It's just all noise. Uh, we're focused on what we're focused on. We're focusing on executing against what we think are um, achievable goals. Uh, the president's focused on it. Michael Alford's focused on it. Um, and you just sort of have to let that stuff just whatever. Uh, you know, I see I, I saw this uh, thing yesterday. Um, I, I forget even who put it out, but it was about. You know, we were fraudulently induced and, you know, it was wonderful reading. Um, <laughs> it, it was very interesting. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think if I gave it to five different lawyers, they'd give you five different opinions on it. Um, so, you know, there's information out there, but is it, is it information that is, um, verifiable? Is it information that's actionable? I, you know, who knows? Like I said, we're just, we're focused on a, a certain set of variables and, um, focused on how we can achieve uh, success in those variables. And, and the rest of that stuff is like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just noise. So uh, another one of the comments uh, Jim Phillips made at the ACC kickoff last week was that, you know, that right now the conference is basically in third place. He felt like solidly in third place in the, in the you know, and you've already said that the gap is too big as it is. Um, and we can all have our opinions about whether or not third place is where, Florida State needs to be in a third place conference, but, but even if it's third place right now, the Big 12's making moves, obviously lots of moves, and it seems to be their objective is to, to become the, the third conference. And so, um, how does that part of it, you know, you know, you do have to pay attention to what's happening there, um, because now you might have another conference with more schools, including another school in the state of Florida, UCF, uh, who, you know, will be, could be possibly making, uh, more money from TV than, than you guys are. You know, again, uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, they're going to add the teams that they're going to add. Um, people are going to move, the, move from those conferences. Uh, you know, I, I got five different reports about what the actual PAC 12 number was today. Uh, and you know, who was leaving and who wasn't leaving and who's available. And, you know, again, I, you can't worry about, you have to worry about some of it because it's chess, right? And there's certain play, certain positions on the board that you don't want to relinquish. And there's certain positions that you want to go get. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really focus and I don't think the ACC focuses necessarily on what the Big 12 is doing. Uh, we're focused on doing the best thing that we can for ourselves right now what the big 12 does doesn't really um, it's not what they do today. Isn't going to impact us today. Maybe it impacts us down the road, but if we're doing the right things uh, and taking care of what we need to, um, you know, we should be protecting ourselves against that. So that's a long way around saying, I I don't really want to comment on what the big 12 is doing or the, I guess it's pack nine now or what the pack nine's doing. Um, I think that uh, we're going to do the best thing that we can for Florida State, and 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 hopefully in a, down the road people will look back and said, yeah, they made the right decision. Um, you know, there's enough people looking back now and saying we made the wrong decision, um, but uh, hopefully they'll look back and said, yeah, they made the right decision. And I know you, you know, you can't. I mean, you, you know, your number one interest, and, and again, thanks again for taking the time to talk to yeah. us and talk to the viewers and, and, and our subscribers and people that are watching on you YouTube. You gave me an out. You gave me an out. You're I, just like, well, you know, you don't have to do this. It's the day before <laughs> the board of trustees meeting. There's going to be a lot of crazy questions. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I can tell you. Right. I'm going to tell you um, right up to the point where I think what I tell you might impact negatively impact what we're trying to do. And that's the line I won't cross. 
and that's a perfect intro to the last question. I was going to ask you before we kind of turn things over to, to some of the questions from the audience. And I've got some more questions as well, but we'll see kind of what the, the viewers want to ask and how that goes. And we'll, we'll kind of go from there. And Tom might have some as well. Um, but on that topic, you know, there is a board of trustees meeting tomorrow and it's probably going to be the most viewed, no matter what you say in the next 30 seconds or a minute, it might, it's a virtual meeting. It's probably going to be the most viewed FSU board of trustees meeting, uh, maybe in history. Um, well, probably, uh, depending on, yeah, the, the, the February one, uh, probably set some high marks as well. Um, do we need to be watching that meeting tomorrow? Do you, does this, I know there's not really anything formally on the agenda that says you're talking about this topic or the future, but I'm not sure it, it was outlined in February either. So, uh, you know, what, what are you expecting any of these topics, athletics, big picture, uh, to be on the agenda tomorrow? Um, I'm expecting we're going to get some questions about it from some of the trustees. Obviously, everybody sees this. Uh, first of all, this meeting's been planned for a while, uh, and it, you know, we had some, some, uh, some things that we had to get done and, and approve uh, or take an action on for either the legislature. You know, they give us deadlines for certain reports or certain activities. The Board of Governors gives us certain uh, deadlines for reports and activities. And we just couldn't fit some of these things in by the time of our last meeting. And so we had to set this separate meeting. Um, so this is it, it's not a meeting that we called uh, to to address conference issues. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, we do have sunshine. And so the trustees, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know what the president's going to say. Uh, he, he might address it tomorrow. I don't know how many questions that the, the trustees will have um, if it comes up, uh, but I can tell you we don't have an action item on this tomorrow. Well, what we'll do at this point here on Warchant TV is take just a quick break to mention some of the great promotions we have at Warchant. Give Mr. Collins a moment to take a sip of whatever beverage he's working on right now and Ira to uh, do this. I'm still drinking water. I'm, I'm, I'm at my office. We were hoping you were cracking champagne, but that's okay. Water will do. Uh, some things that you should know about uh, Warchant.com right now. We've got an outstanding sale. It's on three network wide. 25% off an annual subscription to Warchant.com or $1 for one month right now. If you want to try us and you want to see what's going on between Florida State and the recruiting trail, Florida State football has a top five recruiting class in the country right now doing yeoman's work in the 2024 recruiting class. You want to talk more about, I don't know, conference realignment, or you want to talk about fall camp, you can do that. $1 for one month to give Warchant.com a shot, 25% off an annual subscription. And remember the benefits of being a Warchant.com member, including 10% off all garnet and gold purchases, which is pretty cool. And tomorrow night coming up on this channel is a private video show in which Warchant members only can talk to Warchant staff, calling it Ask Warchant Anything. So uh, that's a reminder. Head over to the website, warchant.com. It'll always be free here on Warchant TV. Hit the like button underneath the video and subscribe to the channel. It's absolutely Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. 
Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. So that's all of the provisos. Now we get to the interactive part of the uh, show tonight. And Peter, Uh I'm going to start, if you don't mind, on the warchant.com message boards. We've got a question from the boards. I know that you love the message board community. Perhaps you've been a part of it in in a past. I've been a member 20 20 plus years. I I love them. There you go. (laughs) Well, you had a quote uh, attributed to you accurately months ago about the grant of rights, and it was kind of a bombshell. I think I know of which uh, I'm, sp- you know, of which I'm speaking. So this is from member All Knows, who's All Knowles, excuse me, who says, "Define good handle on the grant of rights." Good, the, good luck to the good extent luck. that you can, Peter. I was going to yeah. say, hope, hope All Knows has better luck than I did. Well, first of all, All Knows is better, way better than Gator One Eight Eight, the guy the, the, the last time. Uh, what is that, Gator Kirk? Gator Kirk, uh, right. Gator Has Kirk. he changed his name yet? Oh, <laughs> not sure. He's steadfast. He's sticking I to it. I, shamed, I thought I shamed him into changing his name last time. <laughs> He's keeping um, a lower profile, at least. So um, you would be very disappointed in us if we didn't spend a lot of resources, um, financial and, and human resources, understanding the grant of rights. Um, you would say that it was, you know, it was sort of malfeasance if we didn't understand the grant of rights. Um, so when I say we have a handle uh, on the grant of rights, um, we understand the, the documents very well. We understand uh, our position on those documents. We understand the legal arguments uh uh, on those, uh, uh, in that document, uh, we understand who the actual parties are, would be under the, that, those documents. And we believe we have, uh, you know, I think that I said it best. I mean, we have a very good handle on what our risks are under that document, um, what our opportunities are under that document. Um, and, that's the least of my worries. Uh, and that's uh, based on what we know. So when I say we have a good handle on it, I mean, we understand it. Uh, we have gotten a lot of counsel on that document. And um, that will not be the document that keeps us from taking action. And that I'll, I'll leave it at that. I wanted to follow up on that real quick because um, one thing I've noticed, you know, as a as a reporter, we were observers, uh, and uh, one thing I've observed is the tenor nationally, like six months ago or beyond, 
Um, when a lot of college football media experts like us, the two experts you're talking to right now, would say things like the grant of rights was, you know, ironclad, nobody can move, 2036, there's nothing that can change, like everything's, and it seems like those talking points have kind of faded a little bit. Um, is, do you, do you, I would agree with that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like that's, uh, yeah, I guess we can leave it there. I would I, I would agree with that, and I know that's not going to satisfy some of your viewers, right. but like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right up to the point where I I, I think any more comments would uh, right. impact what what we're trying to do for Florida State. Well, in that yeah. sense, what we'll do, Peter, is we'll ask a lighthearted question, then we'll circle back maybe to uh, something a little bit more serious. Good. Good. Uh, this is from. I get a break, get a break every other question. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> break. Right. And, uh, Gator Kirk did put in the comments that I have not changed my name, Mr. Collins. He's, he, he was respectful in his response, but he said. Kirk, let's go, man. Come on. <laughs> it's time. Uh, Brad asks, and this is self-serving, I'll grant you, but again, it's a bit of a breather. Mr. Chairman, excluding present company, who is your favorite War Champ personality? Who you got? Oh, you know, that's a tough one. I don't think I can answer that. Yeah, um, it's like, like choosing your favorite ch- child, right? I, you know, I think it's a tie <laughs> amongst all... everybody else. How about that? Is that, that a political good. answer? That works. Um, I, I got to say that I love Corey. Um, Don't say that. I love Corey. His... Um, but I love Dot. I mean, mm-hmm. how can you not love, love Dot? A gene is incredible. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's probably a tie, but I'd have to give it to Dot because he started War Chant. So, you know, he's the goat. All right. Fair answer. Um, okay, so for the more serious question, uh, to the best of your ability that you can walking up to that line, how would you define the options before Florida State at this point? How would you best define them uh, for the near term, the midterm, however you want to define it? Complicated. How about that? <laughs> but that, but that, that certainly stands to reason. Um, so do you, are, do you find yourself looking more at the near term or – the long term at present when you're having conversations with people from the university? Um, look, it's a, it's a critical decision and it's, um, it's one of those decisions that you can't be afraid to make a tough decision, even if you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. And I would tell you that the president and the athletic director, uh, and, and the board, um, we realize that we can't know every outcome of every decision. Uh, we can only make the best decision with the information that we have. And I think that um, all of us recognize that there's uh, paralysis in analysis and that There's no, you know, like I said, there's no risk-free decision. Um, we're going to certainly be judged uh, by any decision we make uh, for a long, long time, whether that's good or bad. Um, but we have to be willing to make that tough decision uh, and be willing to take uh, what comes from that. And I think that the leadership of the university is certainly willing to make a tough decision and and take what comes from it. What that is today, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you, but um, it's we're we've done a lot of work 
And I would say that we've done a lot of work going back to last July. Uh, I would say that this effort didn't necessarily start in earnest with Oklahoma and uh, Texas, but it probably started in earnest with UCLA and USC. And we have been working on on understanding everything that we can, um, getting the best advice that we can uh, for a year. And we are not going to we are make we're going to make a very educated decision, but I I, I can't tell you today what that decision is going to be, um, but I can tell you that it will be made um, with the institution in mind and knowing everything that we can know, but everything is not knowable. It makes sense. Uh, out of curiosity, were you like the rest of us in the uh, sports-loving world when the announcement for USC and UCLA came down? Were, were you just kind of gobsmacked the way the rest of us were? Yeah, I, I remember it. I, I remember it vividly. I was at the beach. Uh, it was Fourth of July weekend. I think it was July second or July first or so, somewhere around there. And I remember it vividly. And I remember being. I remember it ruining my July Fourth because <laughs> um, I was on the phone a lot, and there were a lot of people at the university on the phone a lot. And um, but I, I was so proud of the president. I was so proud of Michael Offord because. It was no hesitation. It was just like, all right, here's what we got to do. Let's start, you know, let's 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 start getting into this. And um, there hasn't been a minute's waiver since then. And so, yeah, to use your words, I, we, we were a little gobsmacked. But um, I was really proud of what came out of that um, that weekend. And I'm proud today, looking back on it, what we've done. I was going to, yeah, I was just going to, so on that topic, as you, you're doing research, right? And you, and you talked about the, the counsel you guys have had to look at the grant of rights and just all the opportunities and challenges and, um, involved and also, you know, the agreements and what possibilities are out there. Uh, how would you classify Florida state's prospects in terms of, you know, whether or not, what kind of options there are for Florida state and, and, and what, um, is it more than maybe you expected or, or what kind of what's that process been like? Has it been uh, eye opening about where Florida state stands in the big picture or, or how would you classify it? Um, I think we have great prospects. Um, I don't think there's by every measurable uh, media statistic um, we're a valuable commodity by every measurable um, fan base statistic. We're a valuable commodity by uh, every measurable market statistic. We're a valuable commodity. Um, you know, I, I think people at Florida State sort of went in their shell a little bit and lost a little belief in Florida State when we went from Jimbo to Willie and then to, to Mike's first couple of years. Uh, you know, the value of our brand and the value of, of the Seminole Nation is strong. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why when we were still not performing well on the field, we were the first game of the year, right? There's a reason why before we had a 10 win season last year that we were doing, uh, 
the game in Dublin. There's a reason why we were doing the game against LSU last year first after coming off a five and seven season. And, and, and our fan base, um, sometimes I think that they'd lose heart a little bit. And I, I, I don't lose heart. And I, I think we're in a great position. We have a lot of options. We're a very attractive. Um, and I, I like our position. Uh, in going forward, I, I, I like our prospects and I, um, I don't have a bit of hesitancy about our prospects. There's a lot of questions right now in the Warchant TV community that are circling around the same things that we've been talking about, but this is a bit of a different spin. This is from Ed Bagley who asks, how is Florida State progressing towards attaining AAU status at present? So, uh, that's a great question um, because it's one that the president certainly focused on and the board is focused on. Um, you know, AAU is a research designation, essentially. Uh, it's the top research institutions in the country. It's not necessarily at the top universities in the country. By and large, the top institutional or the top re- research institutions or the top schools in the country, they are. Um, but it's a research uh, recognition and a designation. Florida State um, has 80% of the research dollars out there today are from the National Institute of Health, NIH. We get very little money from the National Institute Institute of Health because it's about clinical research. We have not, through our medical school, done clinical research. You know, we've had our we had our hands tied when we created the medical school when we got a medical school 22 or 23 years ago. Um, one of the agreements we had to make to get it was, okay, well, you're not going to do clinical research because some other universities, you know, they were doing clinical research and we just didn't want to compete with them. Uh, and so we'll do about $390 million this year in research expenditures. And when you consider that maybe 10% of that, maybe 15% of that is NIH, it's amazing what we're doing. That all changed two, two legislative sessions ago. We got $125 million from the legislature to create FSU Health. We're going to build a new building on the campus of Tallahassee Memorial Hospital. And we're going to do, we're going to start doing clinical research. Uh, we have been working really, really closely with TMH. Uh, we're working on a separate initiative for FSU Health in the panhandle. Uh, and, and building our presence there. We're, we're talking with the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville and, and, and doing things there. And so, uh, by any ever, any metric for a university outside of research, we certainly qualify for AAU status. We're a top 20, uh, institution in the country. Uh, we're an R1 university, uh, doctoral programs, uh, uh, Academy of Science members, uh, National Academy of Science members, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're a top university. It just so happens that because of the way our, me- our medical schools knew and because of the way it was formed, we had a hand tied behind our back. That hand's no longer tied. And I would tell you that, um, I fully expect us to be in the AAU within the next five years. I'd like to say next year, uh, but it's going to take a while for, you know, that clinical for us to build that clinical research. Remember, um, we got $125 million from the legislature, but that's to build the building and, and call that the car. 
well, now we need gas in the car and we need people riding in the car and uh, we need luggage in the trunk. And, and that takes time. And so I, I'm saying five years. I'd like to do it before that. But um, we're making a lot of progress. We've made unbelievable progress. The FSU Health is probably outside of Bobby Bowden coming to Florida State. FSU Health will be one of the most transformative things that's happened at Florida State um, in its history. We're talking to chairman of the Florida State University Board of Trustees, Peter Collins, here on a special War Chant TV presentation. If you're just joining us, welcome aboard. Please hit the like button underneath the video and subscribe to War Chant TV. It's absolutely free. Talking about the big issues relating to Florida State and specifically Florida State athletics. Uh, this question comes from Robert D. in the final 10 to 15 minutes that we have here with Chairman Collins. Robert asks, what are the stated goals? And this is a broad question, Peter, so take it wherever you'd like to go. What are the stated goals as you see them right now? I'm going to assume Robert's talking about athletics. Uh, and what are their respective steps to execution, uh, the way that you and the board would like to see things executed? Well, the stated goal is excellence. Um, the unstated goal that comes from the excellence is national championships uh, or, um, you know, maintaining a very, very high level of uh, performance on the field and, and in the classroom. Um, so it, it's excellence. Uh, that's the stated goal. Now, some people define excellence differently. Some might say, oh, you know, 10 win seasons, five years in a row is excellent. Uh, but if you haven't had a national championship in that five years, then then, then you didn't get excellence. You were just very good. I, I, I don't know. I mean, when we were five and seven and three and whatever, I mean, I, I think people would have said 10, what 10 wins was excellent. So it's, it's all relative. Um, but, uh, it, it's excellence. And what was the second part of the question? Uh, what are the steps, uh, necessary to, to achieve? Commitment. I mean, it's just commitment. It's a commitment to that. And commitment comes in um, time, uh, money, uh, execution. Uh, you know, it's it, what are the steps to being an unbelievable golfer? What are the steps to being an unbelievable softball player or football player? Um, it's commitment and it's determination. And I, I, I think Ira and, and Tom... Um, Nobody has could say over the last two or three years that we haven't had a commitment to excellence or a dedication or, or a desire for it. And so, you know, it's not like there's 10 steps and they're written on some tablet somewhere about how you get there. Uh, but it's it's a mindset. And, um, you know, Coach Norvell has a, a pyramid as a picture in his, his office of a, a mountaintop. And, um, you know, it says no, what is, I think it says nobody got there by falling on top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to climb that mountain. And so, I, you know, that says it all to me. I mean, it's, it's, it's about the, it's about the effort and it's about the commitment and the desire. Can I interject one here, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think one thing, you know, the standard philosophies or thoughts about college athletics, 10 years ago, certainly 15, 20, 30 years ago, you know, ge geography seemed to matter. Uh, I think we're starting to see that geography doesn't matter as much, at least in football, um, in the present term. Uh, when you see, you know, Southern Cal and UCLA going to the Big Ten and some of these other changes, 
does do you almost have to take that out of the equation as you guys are looking at long term future? You know, is that is geography important anymore in college athletics, or does it all come down to basically, you know, the finances? Uh, <laughs> a a it comes down to the finances, uh, but b um, you know, I I I think I and some of the other board of trustees, and I'm certain I know the president and 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 Michael Offord, uh, you know, we all have the same conversations. Uh, would we rather go to a local game at the in the SEC, relatively local, uh, or do you want to get on a plane and go wherever? Mm-hmm. Um, so the regional characteristics. Uh, you know, are real. Um, but I think we view that sort of through a traditional lens. Uh, and I'm not sure that that applies today. Um, there's a lot of reasons that I'd rather stay local and, and, and be regional. Um, but as I said, it comes down to the finances and it comes down to um getting the most uh, out of the parts that you have. And if that means that it's, it's, it's a broader uh, scope, then okay. Um, Because at the end of the day, we need resources to compete and we're going to, we're going to do whatever we can to have the most resources to compete. And if, if that means that, you know, we're not going to play every game within three hours. Okay. Um, but it could mean that we, we are, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that, um, I don't know what those resources look like yet. So we'd have to see the resources, but, um, I, I it's not a limiting factor. Let's say right. it that way. Uh, last, last couple of questions on my end. One from the chat here, Michael L not, I wonder if that's Michael Langston, but, uh, is he wondering, <laughs> I want, <laughs> will this decision, the decisions that Florida state has to make in the upcoming 18 months or sooner, a couple of years, Impact stadium size and the plans for the stadium and, and Doe Campbell. No, we feel like we have a good plan. Um, we like our plan. Uh, AD Alford and the boosters have worked really, really hard on that plan. Uh, I feel great about it. The board feels great about it. Uh, the president feels good about it. Um, so none of these decisions are going to impact what we do at the stadium. And just to uh, just clarify for I'm, I'm sure most of the people watching this know the background, but if you don't, uh, like a lot of schools, Florida State is actually kind of downsizing the seating for the stadium, and the, and the project right now is to make it more comfortable, make it more uh, more amenities, bigger seats, chair backs, more suites, more seating options, uh, which is going to bring the stadium size down. Some te- some people don't like that; they want to see eighty thousand, ninety thousand, a hundred thousand. That's kind of the opposite of the industry is kind of going the other way where it's people want to have better seats, bigger seats, better viewing and, and amenities. So that's what we're talking about there. And, and Florida state's in the early processes of, uh, of going in that direction. You know, I, I, I don't know how early we are. We're, 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 well, moving. we're moving selling. Yeah. And I, you know, I, as I said in the, my last time that we did this, um, we've already broken ground on the football facility. We're doing all the infrastructure work. Um, we've approved the financing for it. Um, you know, the state's approved the financing for it. Uh, we're going to, we're starting construction right after football season. Uh, but we're getting all the infrastructure work done. Uh, we're going to do the same thing on the stadium. We're committed to it. Uh, we have to do it. And, uh, you know, I get, I get some calls from friends of mine and saying, Hey, I'm losing my seats and 
I'm like, well, you have an option, right? There is an, there is another option. Um, but we are going to shrink the stadium um, and we're going to increase the revenue. Um, and it's not because we just want to raise prices. It's because people want a different fan experience. Um, you know, it's like I, I'm a Boy Scout, right? I was an Eagle Scout. Uh, I used to go camping. Well, I guarantee you if we camp the same way today that we camped 30 or call it 40 years ago, I probably wouldn't like camping today. <laughs> um, and, and there's a lot of people that, you know, don't want to sit on a metal bench. Right. Uh, they want creature comforts and they're willing to pay for those creature, creature comforts. Uh, we have three pricing levels in the stadium today. We need a lot more pricing levels in the stadium because people are willing to pay that. Um, and I, I know that sounds a little harsh, especially to those people that might be displaced from their seats, but, um, we can't be excellent and be cheap. Right. And, you know, that, that's a fact of life. And so it, it does, the finances matter as you, as you asked earlier, the finances matter. Last thing I have, uh, Ira, last question, obviously for you or last couple. Um, but for Peter, I appreciate the time. First of all, uh, this has been a lot of fun and very informative. Uh, my last question is just kind of about the coaching staff behind the scenes. I, I know that Michael Alford deals with them more on the ground day to day. But, I mean, if you go to warchant.com right now, Peter, there's a thread on realignment that's over 2 million views strong. People are geeks about this stuff. Do you find that the coaches, be it Mike Norvell or others, are are like the rest of us out here in the world just wondering, you know, these are huge decisions for Florida State. What's next? Do you, do you find that maybe you get emails or calls or texts about those things from the coaches? I, you know, I can honestly say this. I haven't got one text or coat, uh, uh call or a comment from a coach about what we're doing in, wow. in any specific conference. Uh, they're focused on being the best that they can be against whoever, whatever team is across from them on whichever field uh, that day, which is how they should be. Um, where we play, uh, who we play uh, doesn't matter. It's, it's um, being the best that we can be. And whether that's going to be good enough, no matter who we are lined up across. So I haven't gotten one call, one text. Um, it was so funny. I, I got a text from a coach, probably it's asked, funny that you asked that question. I got a text from a coach at 5.03 PM tonight, just checking in, excited about the season, excited about this, excited about that. And no mention of anything else, right? They're just ready to go out and be excellent. And I love that. I think they were probably being subtle, trying to hope you would lead to a conversation where you would give some more information. Well, maybe. But I have uh, two, two, two last questions for me. One is, um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the situation, the, when you, this is a weighty si situation that Florida State's in, that you're in, that the administration's in, because you are making decisions that are going to affect Florida State 20, 30 years down the road. The decision to sign the grant of rights and re-up the grant of rights was a decision that, will be discussed for, for years uh, in the future. And what you guys do, like you said, will be discussed in the future. Like how good do you feel though, after the research you guys have done and all the work you're doing that in five years or 10 years or, or whatever point, how good do you feel about the future for Florida state versus what some people look as a perilous situation if, if something doesn't change? Uh, I feel really good. I, you know, um, 
the the weightiness of your question isn't lost on me and we, and we talk about that and um i'm an alum right i've been a fan of florida state since i was probably i don't know nine years old uh i'm 54 this year um 55 this year wow uh so uh, i've been a fan a long time and i care deeply uh about what happens to Florida State. But I can say the same thing um, for the president, who's not an alum, and I can say the same thing for Michael Alford, who's not an alum. They care deeply uh, about what happens to Florida State, as, as every member of the Board of Trustees, every member of the Board of Trustees is a, is a null. Maybe maybe not our, um, maybe one isn't, but um, 12 out of 13 are. Um, it's something that that's what drives me every day. And it's what drives the president and the athletic director every day is that we care deeply about what happens to this institution. You know, Michael Offer didn't go here, um, but he has a, a really good history of, of not, and knowledge of Florida state. Um, you know, the president didn't go here, but, and, and he and come came from a series of private schools, but he grew up in a state school. And so he connects with the fiber of, of a state school and certainly connects with um, fiber of being a Seminole, um, as does his wife. And she's a crazy fan. Um, so I feel really good about our prospects, uh, especially knowing how hard people are working on it and that we have the best interests of the institution at heart. I, I would love to tell every fan uh, what we're doing tomorrow. Um, today, I can't do that. Um, but I can tell you that I feel very good about where we're going to be. And um, we're working every single day uh, on making sure that that becomes a reality. Last thing we need is a score for the LSU game. <laughs> Oh man. Um, you know, last year shouldn't even have been that close. Uh, we had some issues at the end of the game. Uh, I'll tell you a quick funny story and I'm, I don't know how much time we have, but yeah, we're, oh, we got all the time in the world. Um, so there's about five minutes left in the game. I, I, I was at the game. The president was at the game. Michael Alford was at the game and, um, the president wanted to go down on the field and we're up, I think by 10. Um, but there's five or six minutes left and I, I've been to enough Florida state, <laughs> right? Where, you know, we were whipping the hell out of Miami for three and a half quarters and would lose the game. And I'm like, you know, he's like, let's go down to the field. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's wait a second. And, you know, so I don't know, minute goes by, he's like, let's go. So we go down there and we're down on the field for 30 seconds and they score. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, really? Uh, and then we have the, whatever happened on the one yard line. And um, so I don't think the game, you know, everybody talks about, oh, you know, we barely beat them. Okay. Uh, we barely beat them, but we were beating them handily until the last, until some crazy stuff happened. Um, yeah. I think they got better uh, as the year went on and certainly they won the SEC West and, and, and they're a formidable team, but I think we're a formidable team and I don't think it's going to be as close as it was last year. I, uh, I think we're going to score more than 24 points. I would say we're going to score at least uh, 31. And um, 
I like our defense. So, uh, you know, eight to ten points we win by. All right. So that sounds good. That, that sounds like the under, I think. Not that uh, not that we're going to talk betting here on uh, four points. <laughs> that sounds like the under and a Florida State win uh, by a couple of scores. By the way, you didn't take the over last year, Tom, when I said eight or nine wins. You didn't take the over. You just said, well, I think the gauntlet's been thrown down and Mike Norvell's got to win eight or nine games. <laughs> That might be over. I'd have to check the tape on that, but I was pretty boisterous uh, on the Daily Show we have as the uh, optimist. But I'll have to take a look at that. It's a fair, okay. well, fair you point. Need, you need to go back and look at that. You did not take the over. So for all the War Champ fans out there, Tom was not a believer. <laughs> by how ridiculous you've been every step of the way. I'm going to take your word for it before I even check the tape. Go ahead, uh, Ira. Yeah. No, I was going to give you a vote of confidence, Tom. I, you were uh, you may not have been in that conversation, but in general, you uh, you were looking at ten games. You were looking at. Uh, the Noles went in 10, and they, they certainly did. And like Peter said, you know, 10 years ago, or 2014, 2015, 2016, 10 wins didn't feel all that great. Yeah. 10 wins felt pretty pretty darn good for the fan base, I think, last year. Yeah. yeah. Is it the um, gate? Go ahead. I would just say this. I, um, I You led the, uh, this off, Ira, by saying that I, I signed up for two more years. And um, this has been the best thing uh, – um, Outside of meeting my wife and having my kids, right. um, I got to put that in because I think she might be watching. Um, this is the most impactful thing that I've done. And um, I just want everybody to know that everybody on the board of trustees takes it unbelievably seriously. We're working really hard on it. The president's working really hard on it. The athletic director's really working hard on it. The administration's working hard on it. And um, everybody wants the best for Florida State. And... Um, some things might hap- not happen as quickly as some people would like, um, but there's there's a reason behind that if it's not happening to your liking. Um, but it's not because we aren't working on it. Um, and it's not because we're idiots or it's not because uh, we don't know what we're doing. And do we just it, it, it's a little bit it's a little complicated. Right. I, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like it's like being blindfolded and put your hand in a a bag of spiders and trying to pick out a specific spider. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's complex. Well, one thing we'll say in closing here, we'll echo the sentiments of uh, Immaculate on Warchan TV. He says, much respect to this chairman. How many others in his position would have taken the time for this interview at this point in what Florida State is doing? That's the, uh, the gist of the comment, and I think Ira and I both echo that. Peter, we are grateful for your time tonight. Thank you very much for making more than an hour for us to discuss a critical moment in the history of Florida State athletics. Happy to do it. Love what you guys do and uh, keep doing it. We appreciate it. We'll, uh, hey, we'll catch up. All to all your members, donate. Go to the SeminoleBoosters.com and donate. $70, $7, a dollar, 70000 I don't care, but donate. Uh, money makes – money matters. And if there's a bunch of members on who are who are paying members of War Chant and you're not a booster – don't tell me that when you see me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to, to echo your public service uh, address, um, for people that don't know, if you're watching this, you're a Florida State fan, but you're not a donor, you can donate to the program overall, to the general fund, or you can do- donate to specific sports. They have coaches clubs. As Peter said, the, the Seminole Boosters website has all this information, all the different options. And, of course, you know, you mentioned NIL earlier. Uh, there's some NIL organizations, Battles End, Rising Spear, um, a couple others as well that support Florida State as well. So I'm sure 
those uh, people are looking for uh, contributions as well. Yeah. This concludes the War Chant TV special here, a night with Peter Collins, the chairman of the Florida State Board of Trustees. Be sure to tune in to Peter tomorrow. He'll be on a, a certain stream somewhere else around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, but for Peter and for Ira, my name is Tom Lang. This has been a pleasure, and uh, we hope you enjoy more of WarChant.com's content to come from this conversation because there will be more of it and on WarChant TV as well. Hit the like button underneath as we conclude. And again, thanks to everybody in the chat for making it happen and Director Ben behind the scenes. Until next time, this has been a WarChant TV special. Thank you all and good night. Thanks, guys.